Hey, this is Matt McCool here, one of the lead pastors at Takeover Church, and we are so excited that you are listening to this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. We hope it challenges you to continue on in this journey of faith of following Jesus. And we want to let you know we also have services every single Sunday at 5 p.m., complete with Takeover Kids and a free cafe. It's a good time. We want to invite you and your friends and your family all on out on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Thanks again for listening to this message. Hope you have a great day. But tonight we are in week three of our series called Dominion. Has this been good for anybody? Yeah. Come on, three of us. Three of <laughs> us want to exercise the authority we have by God. Three of us. It's good. Just kidding. But tonight we're continuing the series. If you're taking notes, where are my note takers at? Come on, love my note takers. I love my note takers more than I love my not. Note takers, well, I still love you. Okay? I still have love for you. If you take notes, it's good. The title of my message is this. Y'all ready? Yeah. Dominion week three. It is my God versus everybody. Yeah. Yeah. My God versus everybody. And you can also put a subtitle in there. You know how I love my subtitles, right? Yeah. I love my subtitles. I love I love so much. I give my message two titles. You can subtitle this witness protection. <laughs> my yeah. God versus everybody. Parentheses. Witness protection. Y'all ready for the word? Yeah. Y'all love your Bible tonight? Yeah. All right, we're going to come out to Acts 5, 27 through 33 to get things started tonight. Mm, it's going to be good. We'll have it up on the Sky Bible. If you don't have your own Bible, we're a Bible app. And when they had brought them, they sent them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom, he, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses. Somebody said, We are witnesses. We are, we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, who God has given to those who obey him. Yeah. And when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. Sounds like me and Brad. Yeah. Jesus, I just thank you so much for tonight. God, I thank you for this building. We said it earlier in Team Rally. God, I thank you for the last 18 months that it's been. God, I thank you from February 2018 through now that you have been so faithful to us, God. Though it's linked, you had a place for us to meet in. Though things have gone missing, God, you had a place for the church to gather together and not forsake the meeting of the saints. Father God, this place has been incredible to us, even though we've had our own struggles here. So we ask that your Holy Spirit will continue to dwell in this building and in this land as long as it's here. We know the plans for this building, God, are to remain by the people who bought it. But we ask that your Holy Spirit will remain even when the building does not. God, so that your your will can be outworked in Southtown through this location, Jesus. We just thank you so much for everything you've done here. We thank you for what you're going to do tonight. We thank you so much, Father God, that you love every single one of us, even if we are not fully emphatically convinced of it yet tonight. I pray that by the end of the service, you would that we would be completely convinced and fully persuaded of your love for us. In Jesus' my name, a faithful church said. Amen. 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 Y'all ready tonight? Yeah. My God versus everybody. My God versus everybody. That's hard. That's the hardest thing I've ever heard. That is some Leviticus, Old Testament, like God is going to pump up his chest and he's going to kick you 
down kind of a thought, isn't it? My God versus everybody. I chose that because it's provocative and it gets the people going. But I chose it because the second you hear that, the second you hear my God versus everybody, there is something on the inside of you that says, nope, can't go into there. Nah. No, maybe, maybe not. Maybe choose another title. Maybe say something different. Uh, is that, does that sound like Jesus? Jesus versus everybody? There's something about that phrase that when you hear that, you immediately want to shut off your brain, close your ears, and alert your heart. I'm going to ask you not to do any of those things. I'm going to ask you tonight, like I have many times in the past, to take this title to heart, to let it sink in. Because some of us tonight, we have got to get this revelation on the inside of us. We have a heavenly father who sits on the throne up in the kingdom of heaven. You are his son. You are his daughter. You are a child of the most high God. No matter what America tries to tell you, you are a child of the most high God. And he is in heaven waiting for some of us. He is waiting for the awake, oh sleeper moment in our lives. For some of us to get this revelation that you know what? Your heavenly father thinks so much of you that he will swear up with anybody in a parking lot for you. Your heavenly father loves you so much. He is so convinced of his love for you. He is so moved for Zach. He is so moved for Jasmine. He is so moved for Gene. And he is so moved for you that there is not a single mindset, depression, anxiety, temptation, sexual immorality. There is not a single thing that he would not square up with in your life and tear down because he's good at taking down giants, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So you've got to know tonight that this is a message on dominion to convince you right where you are that you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You've got Jesus that went to the cross for you. You've got God in heaven who moved everything in heaven on earth and is still alive and active. He is saying, you know what? Let's go. I'm going to wrap up my hands. I'll meet you there. Send me the details, Satan, because you're fit to get your butt whooped again. Amen? This is our God. There is not a single name that is higher. There is not a single name that has more authority on this earth than the name of Jesus. There is no Roman dope in this fight. There is only everything submits to the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen? There is no flow like a butterfly or sting like a bee in this fight with God. There is only death. Where is your sting? Amen? That doesn't get you excited, and I don't know what will. Because we serve a good news God. We serve a God who loves you and He believes in you. And part of what you've got to know tonight is you're going to walk in your dominion, <laughs> your authority that He gave you through Jesus Christ on the cross. Is that there ain't no problem that's too small. There ain't there are no name that's too little. There ain't no situation in your life that God is not willing to meet you at and knock down with you. He will fight with you, He will fight for you, and He will fight again with you. Because some of us tonight, I think one of the things we need to understand is that we just need to get the heart like these young boys did. Get a heart like these young boys that say, um, we must obey God, not men. We read right here what Peter says, we must obey God and not man. Can I tell you tonight, church, sometimes when we have to repeat that phrase, when we have to stand up and shout it, when we have to get loud about it a little bit, when we say that, Sometimes that man is ourselves. We don't like that. 
There's times in our life when we have to say we must obey God and not man. We must obey God and not woman. Some of us in here tonight, you struggle straight hard with sexual purity. I must obey God and not man. My temptation says this. I have feelings about this. And when those feelings come up, we look them dead in the eye. We stand our ground. We say it loud and proud. Come on, church. And we say, I must obey God and not man. Some of us. Some of us are struggling with depression and anxiety and worry and doubt. And God will meet you in every single one of those places. But just because, just because we struggle with mental illness, which we understand when we tell you here tonight, church, there are probably not another place that's going to have more empathy for you than this one. We understand it. We believe in it. We think it's real. And we still believe the name of Jesus has a final authority over it. So there's good news for you. Yeah. Like a broken like a broken mind can be mended. It can be healed. It can be right. better than it ever was, okay? But when we're going through that, God is looking for you to have some resolve in your life. And even if you can't utter these words yourself, you call up a friend and you say to them, we must obey God and not men. So it was. So we really struggle with what God's called us to do. You know, it's funny. I always have this such a silly thought because I've heard people say this before. Okay? I've heard some people say this. And I've, been sitting, I've been that guy sitting in the auditorium being like, who struggles with God about to be great? That's so lame. Like, you're lame. Like, if you feel that way, you're just lame. Like, I've been that guy sitting on my high horse in the auditorium going, does anybody really struggle with the thing that God's called to do? Yeah. A lot of people do because it's scary, it's uncomfortable, you don't want to step out on them. You're worried that maybe at the end of the day your faith really isn't there, and God's not really gonna have egg on your face, and you're just gonna be embarrassed in front of all your friends. Like these are things that we actually think about that prevent us from stepping out into the will of God for our lives, breaking up in that relationship. Oh man, it's like God's called me to end this thing. But what is is there going to be somebody immediately there that I can go to that would that be the new relationship that God has actually ordained and called me to? Or is there going to be a long stretch of season that I'm going to go and maybe I'll be single for the next 50 years? I have no idea. You know what? I think I'm just going to stay right here. Yeah, he beats me, but it's okay. Yeah, she expects for me to continue leading us down the path of, of shagging and hooking up and, and all of these things and breaking up and hooking up and shagging up and all these things and repeat, rinse, repeat. But what if there's not something in our side? Or what if I meet that girl? who God has called me to be with, and she doesn't like my past with her, and so maybe that's a no-go, so maybe I should just stay where it's comfortable where the water's warm. Friends, if we're going to walk in the authority that God has for every single one of us, there ain't a thing that's off limits here, by the way, in case you haven't noticed it, we're going to talk about it, we're going to preach about it, we're going to meet Jesus in the middle of it, and we're going to see him through, and he's going to see us through, and it starts and it ends and it begins with you and I beginning to say, we must obey God and not man. Come on. Yeah. You can look at your lust and you can say, lust, where is your sin? You can look at that relationship and you can say, where is your sin? You can look at the gates of hell and you can say, though you may press up against me, I'm going to knock you down. Amen? Right. We must serve God and not man. So here we are. Here we see you. Who I will refer to as Peter the Boys the rest of the night. Now, it probably doesn't take you by surprise that the person in the Bible that I identify with the most is not actually Jesus, it's Peter. Okay? Because we all know that that has done some 
irrational, crazy, impulsive things. I ain't shot nobody's ear off yet. Yet. You know what I'm saying? So Peter's my guy. All right. I love him. He is not a rock and roll for Jesus. And uh, he's okay to get his, you know, his hands dirty and his knuckles bloody. I love Peter. He's my guy. Okay. I look up to him so much. It's a problem because he, I'm watching his salvation journey, you know, work out. I'm like, oh, what would Peter do in this situation? Where really, I should be like, what would Jesus do? Because he is, in fact, perfect in his sanctification. It's quick. Peter, it's on a journey. You can see. But I love Peter and the boys here because in that piece of scripture I just read, what you gotta know is that we talk about it all the time. We talk, have you guys heard about the four uneducated boys that remember Jesus? Have you heard the phrase? So that's Peter and these boys. Okay. Acts 4, something happens. Peter, he's one of the pillars of the local church. He's one of the guys that the church has been built on. He's one that Jesus said, Upon this rock, I will build my church and those gates we were just talking about. They won't stand against you. You're Peter. You're the rock. You're the guy. I love you. Okay. So Peter's got these four boys in the church. And they're going out. And the Pharisees at the time, they see Peter. They see these four boys, and before they even see or hear anything about them, they go, oh, these idiots. They're just like, these idiots, these uneducated, dumb boys. What are they out here doing? They're out here preaching about that guy. We just killed him on a tree. They're out here doing all these things. Guess who wasn't God, man? Where's he at? Doing all these things. They're mocking him. And then all of a sudden, Peter and these same Boys, they perform a healing. And so the Jewish leaders at the time, the Pharisees at the time, they go from going, these four educated boys who might be Jewish but don't know nothing about Moses, but then they realize they've been with Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Because they perform a healing. Because they perform a miracle. Because they walk out in their dominion and their authority. When the Holy Jesus said, it's better that I go that the Holy Spirit may come. Greater things will you do. Amen. And through the Holy Spirit, they did. And through the Holy Spirit, we can too. So that's when we pick up the story. Because, as we know from what we just read, just because they noticed they been with Jesus, doesn't necessarily change how they were treated. Their minds might have been blown. They might have had some second thoughts about maybe... And he wasn't son of God. But we have some second thoughts. But their orders remain the same because they are part of the Jewish hierarchy. And they are to stamp out Christianity. They are put to death people who are known as followers of the way. This is what Paul used to do when he was Saul. You commissioned to jail them. That doesn't work. You kill them. And so what had happened is these boys actually got thrown in jail. They got thrown in jail. They got jailed and locked up for this, for healing people, for preaching the word of God, all of these things. They got locked up. I'm talking shackles. If you know anything about the history of the time, most of their prisons were underneath a, uh, what do you want to call that thing? Like a septic tank. So they were covered in poop. They was up to their knees in dookie. All right? Jail? One like the Kent County system, which I have a good story. It's pretty nice. This was us their knees. So they're in jail for healing somebody, for being like Jesus. And what ends up happening is the same Jewish leaders, they go down to the city center, kind of go down to downtown, if you will, city center for, uh, for Shane there in Australia. They go to downtown. These Jewish leaders in the story right now, 
They're getting a nice mad cap, okay? They're getting a nice single origin blend. It's good. They're just sipping their coffee. They're having a good time. And all of a sudden, they realize in the middle of Monroe Center downtown is that Nimrod Peter and those four dudes that they just locked up and threw away the key on. Not convinced that it's them, but enough to be good working on their own jobs. They run back to the jail cell access, and they look, and that jail cell is empty, yet firmly locked, okay? Yet firmly locked. So they run back, they get the higher Pharisee leader at the time, and they go, yo, those jabronis that we locked up for teaching about Jesus, okay, I know, Israel is something not like super New York on, but it's just from the character, okay? Those dudes that we locked up for preaching about Jesus and healing people, they are downtown doing it again. I don't know how it happened. Okay, don't worry about working now. I don't know how it happened. See you next week. Great to all time. Come on. Stay the game. So they get locked, so they go down there, and they see them again. And that's what we see in the story. And the first thing is this. And when they brought them, they were set before the council, and the high priest questioned them. says, we surely charged you. He sits them down. He goes, what happened? How did you get out? We charged you with filling Jerusalem with this nonsense. You're trying to bring the blood of this guy upon us. And I want to pause right there because I read that and my mind was blown. What if you and I were the type of Christians, the type of believers that God is calling us to be, to walk in our authority and our dominion, <coughs> that the people in our lives, even the haters in your lives, the people that would rather see you fail than succeed, the naysayers, what if the people in our lives were actually worried that when their lives were going wrong, you would try to fill their lives with the teachings of Jesus? Yeah. What if? What if? What if? What would your life look like? How full would it be? How rich would it be? How blessed would it be? How incredibly large and anointed would you be? Would your walk, would your story, would your testimony, would your life be? Okay. If the people in your life knew that when you saw something that was going wrong in their life, you were going to bring the blood of Jesus over. Now, when the Jewish leader says this, that's not what I meant. It's what God meant. Because you see, he thought that Peter was going to hold the death of Jesus against him when God was trying to hold the death of Jesus over him. He was trying to cover him. He was trying to give him grace. In this moment, though, he was persecuting Christians. The point of this sentence is this, that as Christians, you have the authority and the dominion to bring the blood of Jesus over any and all excluding situations. Amen? Yeah. If you didn't know that tonight, I came to tell you that you have a responsibility that when things are out of order and things are going wrong and things are going haywire and awry in somebody's life, you are the one that should be filling it with the teachings of Jesus. You should be the one bringing the blood of Jesus as a covering. Yeah, that's good. We can't wait for somebody else. Somebody else may not have somebody who's going to stand up here, make a fool of themselves with terrible Boston accents and try to convince you that your friends and your families and the people's lives around you will be better if you just begin to speak the words of Jesus. Right. Yeah. The promises of God that cannot begin and die with us, they can't. There's a world out there that is beckoning, that is in need, that is desperate. They are so hostile right now because 
somebody in their life to give them the life and the water that will never run dry. Right. And that's you and me. <clears throat> this is my God versus everybody. Because there's a part of us that's pride that he needs to face down, that he needs to kick in the teeth, that he needs to put to the place, that he needs to submit. Because it's okay to be embarrassed for Jesus. Yeah. What if? What if with the temptation in your own life? Let's start there. Let's not stand up here. Wherever your platform is, work, serving, running your crew, whatever your platform is, let's not stand on our platform and preach so from someplace that we are. But what if we started with our own temptations and our own shortcomings and we looked at them and we said, yeah, we're going to fill this area with the teachings of Jesus. I am enough. I am the head, not the tail. Come on, church. What if we looked at that lust and those situations, those things that we struggle with, those desires that God says, this isn't best for you, but it doesn't have to get the best of you. Come on. And we say, I'm bringing the blood of Jesus over it. I'm surrendering this area of my life. I'm allowing God to redeem this part of me. Yeah. We, we, we allow Him to redeem those areas in our lives that speaks a great word over people's lives. But it's got to start with us. So here it is. Later on, we see this. This is incredible. We see Peter says this. They say all these things to him. We charge you with this. You're trying to bring the, the blood of this man upon us and all these things. But Peter the apostles answered. He said this. We must obey God rather than men. And I love that. I want to sit there again a real second. Because of this. Peter, the boys, they could have very easily just walked away from this moment with the reprimand. Okay? They could have got their group there, you know, they could have jailed again, they could have served their sentence, they could have done their thing, they could have slapped on the wrist. They could have walked away, and Peter would have walked over and like, hey, boys, um, just so you know, it's important that we, uh, we serve God and uh, not man. Does that sound good? Okay, cool. They could have backed down from that moment. But instead, what happened is this. And what I'm believing to see a lot more in the church at large today, starting with Takeover Church, is that we look at the accuser when the charges come, when they're saying, you've done this, you've fallen too short, you've sinned too much, you've gone too far, you're too bad, you're a bastard son of somebody else, all of these things. The only thing I just cussed, the actual definition. When people start defining you and lowering you down and berating you and taking you down and the enemy speaks lies to your soul, what if we took that moment Instead of walking away and taking the reprimand and taking the slap on the wrist and taking all of that, we looked right at the accuser when he said that. We said, not today, devil. Not today, dad. Not today, mom. Not today, person in my life who's speaking nothing but death. Not the person who's negative in my small group. No, 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 no. Not today. I must obey God and not man. If that means me, that means you. I must obey God. I am not too far gone. I am not too far being. The devil must bow when I utter the name of Jesus over a situation. It doesn't matter how much I've sinned. He's called me a son. He's called me a daughter. And the name of Jesus is still higher. So I'm going to preach it and I'm going to say it. And we're going to work this thing out together. Amen? Yeah. It could have easily walked away. And said it to, another, to one another. But instead, 
They looked dead sad at the accuser when he brought up allegations against them. And he said, I must obey God and not man. Come on, let's help everybody else tonight. Yeah. My God first, everybody. I promise you, come on. Yeah, good. Good. Mm-hmm. I love this Peter says that this is amazing. Again, this is a conversation that took place in real time in front of Pharisees and religious leaders, and he could have simply, he could have simply just washed away with his voice and had this little discussion in a little comfortable Christian circle. But instead, he looked dead set at his accusers. And he said, I must serve God, I must obey God, not men. You are the ones that hung him on the tree. You are the ones that committed him to death. We must serve him. And Peter says this amazing statement. He says, we, we are all witnesses. And so is the Holy Spirit. Why does this this make sense? Why is this important for you to hear? Because that means that God gave you the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The Holy Spirit is a part of God that, unlike Jesus' mortal body, you cannot tame. You cannot kill. You cannot hold down. You cannot lock up in a tomb because he is inside a house called you and me. The Holy Spirit cannot be tamed. He cannot be beaten. He cannot be locked up. He cannot be pushed out. The Holy Spirit is a witness for what God is going to do and what he's doing in and through your life. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. But it's important to know that you are a witness. It's important for you to know that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, that in those moments of doubt, He's going to remind you of what God's already done in your life. Yeah. And the reason it's important for you to know that you are with us is because when your friends are struggling, you need to be there to say, Remember what God did in your life. Remember what He did in your family. Remember how baby Ben came home. Yeah. Remember how it looked grim. Remember how Alice was losing it for four years straight, but now we're finally living in the presence of God in the situation. We're finally seeing some things. Remember when we were on our hands and knees, praying over baby Clay. Yeah. Now it's home. He's the greatest cheerleader in church. <laughs> Remember what I've done. You are all witnesses. Can I talk to you about witnesses? Witnesses, like Peter just gave us the example, they don't deliberate in the enemy. They don't deliberate with the enemy. It's right. you don't deliberate with the accuser. Accuser comes up to you. Here's my charge against you. <clears throat> and we go, oh, he's threatening us with jail. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe we're on the wrong track. Maybe maybe we're going the wrong way. Maybe maybe this isn't what Jesus had intended for us. You know, it's kind of hard. He's right. Aren't we sick, tired of the reason to be for this gospel thing? Like, maybe we have Jesus. Maybe we just keep this to ourselves, right? That's not good to you guys. I'm kind of sick of getting stitches, okay? It's not like 2019. Way back. These things are dirty, it's nasty, it can be infected. Like, I'm kind of done, you know? And instead, witnesses respond with the gospel. Yeah. Witnesses respond with the word of God. When the accusations come your way, when the accuser comes for your head, he says the same thing he said to you. He says to you, hey, Oh, he 
really that they're going to be a sexually pure? So they have no all sexual morality, no mutual that they have to die. Is anybody at least 2019 that both was written how long ago? You couldn't possibly let that. The world, the culture, come on, man. 2019. You can sleep with him, you can sleep with her, you can sleep with them, you can sleep with it. It's love. It's free love. It's like the 70s all over again. I was there, Charles the Structure there too. Come on. 2019. God. You're God. You're in control of your life. God is you, humans, God. Come on. All of these other whispers that he is speaking to this generation, this world, right? Now, see, they're just in 40 years down the track because they chose to listen to a feeling instead of saying, feeling, I must obey God. But this is don't deliberate. Because once you start deliberating, you have a conversation. Once you have a conversation, you start entertaining the thought. And once yeah. you start entertaining the thought, it takes a little bit easier to step over that line. It's a little bit easier to reply to that text message. It's a little bit easier to search those things on Google. It's a little bit easier to go, the second you engage, a witness doesn't engage. A witness understands the authority and dominion that God gave them, and they get to shut that stuff down, and we say, I must obey God, and not man, no devil in hell, no doubt in my head, no disease on this earth, none of it can keep me from the promises of God, because I can obey God, and not myself, amen? So what happens next is that high priest comes down, or the high Jewish leader, whatever they call him, chief Pharisee, kind of what Paul used to be back in the day. He comes down because he hears this, and he sees the guys waiting out there, and they're chained up, and they're shackled, and everything. And he comes in, and he talks to these guys, and he sits them down, and they're going over the charges that have been brought against them, the healings, the teachings. That all the stuff that they've been doing, when he goes down the list, and then, and then we see this happen, okay? We still got time to read this whole thing. You gotta check this out, okay? We're good? So, in the present case, it's that guy. He's the, he's the higher leader. He says, In the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice, and when they called the apostles in, they beat them and charged them not to speak the name of Jesus, and then let them go. Then they left the presence of the council and rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple, from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching the name that is Christ of Jesus. Come on. How many of you know this thing called being a part of the kingdom of God? This is an undertaking. This thing called getting souls, freeing them, pulling one more into the darkness, going through a hard season with a friend just so that they can taste and see that the Lord is good through you. How many of you know this whole thing about bringing dead people alive in Christ? Oh, come on, I appreciate what that. Yeah. How many of you know this thing called takeover is an undertaking, amen? Yeah. yeah. I love it because he's straight up, he's true. This guy's right. Whether he knows Jesus for himself at this time or not, he is right. One of the things that we got to know in this life if it's not of God, it will fail. Because man can't do that. But if it is of God, 
can't stop, won't stop, baby. Yeah. If it is of God, you can't stop it. You won't be able to stop it. So you can jail them, you can waste time, you can waste taxpayers' dollars, you can get Caesar up there in his high castle mad at you for all this usage and all these bills and all this money that's just going out. You can keep jailing them. Or we can wait and see if they're full of anything other than hot air. We can waste some money and quit playing games here. Man, to tell you the truth, guys, let's see what they're doing. I don't really want to be a direct opposition to God. Yeah. So how about we play a safe bet here? You beat them up, you charge them with not speaking the name of Jesus, and you let them go on their merry way, and hopefully they get the picture. And if not, we'll be fine a direct opposition to God. How many of you guys know? Here's the thing tonight. I want you to get this on the inside of you. If I came to say one thing tonight, it is this. You cannot overthrow what God has overflowed. Right. In this, in this situation, God is telling the church to read this whole thing is in here. And you may be beaten, you may be bloody, you may feel beaten up, you may feel left behind, you may feel like everyone has forsaken you and left you and you have just been left in the past and somebody's life that supports you. Whatever your situation is that you feel like you are fed up with following Jesus, you're not seeing God come through his promises, it's been a long season, whatever it is, you've got to know. That you cannot, there's no devil in hell. There is no person on this earth. There is no sitting president or official that's leading a country. There is no law. There is no nothing that can overthrow what God has said. He has overflowed. Amen. Come yeah. on, church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about witnesses. Here's the thing about witnesses. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. Here's the thing about witnesses. What did the scripture just say? Be them charged with not speaking. I love it. Here's the thing about witnesses. Witnesses. Witnesses know that they are only allowed to do what and when their high authority tells them to do. Here's the thing about witnesses. Here's the thing you gotta know about witnesses. Here's the thing you gotta know about witness protection. That God's boundaries are a blessing. Here's what you gotta know about witness protection in the kingdom of heaven. That witnesses are protected by a higher authority. That witnesses, they might live in this world, but they now operate by a different identity. Witnesses, they might be here, alive, active, but they got a different name. They have been relocated. The, the, the higher authority that directs the witness, the protection program has said, this is undeemable for you to live. This is an undeemable way for you to live. This is not healthy for you. This cannot protect you. I cannot keep you safe here. Instead, the witness gets moved over here, and they get a new name, and they get a new yeah. life. Come on, all these buildings yeah. in church. And they get protected witness protection in the kingdom of God. A witness knows that they are protected. Here's the other thing about witnesses. Witnesses know that the devil's going to try and do some witness tampering in their lives. The enemy, his demons, powers of darkness in this world that want to see you lose and not win. They want to see you dead and defeated, not going forward at all. Want to see you just turn back your faith and take a bunch of Christians with you. Those guys, they're going to try and come at you. And they're going to send some nasty emails. And they're going to send some nasty texts. And they're going to try and speak it to your identity. And they're going to try and speak it to your soul. And they're going to try and speak it to the light in the area that you're trying to get some uh, breakthrough in and try to overcome it. And he's going to try and do all those things. He's going to try and steal. He's going to try and kill. Yeah. You got to say, 
That's my weakness. I got them in the safe house. Call the kingdom of God, baby. And you can send your intimidating emails, and you can try and shake their name, and you can try and bring them down and get an answer, but you gotta know I have them protected. A witness knows that they are protected. Why do you think I call this my God versus everybody? Premises, whatever that's called, I don't know. Witness protection. Because in the kingdom of God, there is witness protection. Yeah. He will relocate you out of your chains. He will relocate you out of your struggles. He will put to death the labels that have been put on you so bad that he will give you a new name and a new identity. He will change some things about you aesthetically that God is saying you just need to leave behind. He will take you uprooted and he will protect you in the process. The kingdom of darkness is going to come. He don't like that. He don't like you get relocated. He wants to see you stuck where you were. He wants to keep you in your doubt. He wants to keep you in your depression. He wants to keep you in the same old identity. He wants to keep you in that place of defeat. We're going to say you can't touch this. This is mine. This is my son. This is my daughter. They are protected. You cannot overthrow what I have overthrown. Is if we get this idea on the inside of us, if we get this revelation tonight that we are all witnesses, that when God comes through in our lives, we are now responsible for this area of faith. We're now responsible for this area of call. We're now responsible for living in this way. When He relocates from down here to up here, we are now responsible for being faithful witnesses. Bring the intimidation. Say your worst, do your worst day. Because I've seen Christ do two good things. I've seen him come. I've seen him heal my sister. I've seen him heal my niece. I've seen him do these things time and time again. You want to try and bring cancer to my door? I've already seen him heal Jake's heart on a Sunday night. And the doctor's mind was blown Monday morning. I would go up and go. Yeah. I've witnessed. I've seen. I've done too much. And I am under an order of witness protection. Amen? Yeah. This is good for everybody. gets better. Because later in that verse, we see that Peter, after the second happens, <coughs> the religious leader realizes, you know what, it's not worth going to direct opposition to God. We're like, oh, we get free. We don't got you. You ready to say, he don't want none of God. He don't want none of that. He don't want the biggest Jesus. He don't want what has happened is they stay chained, they get carved out of them, and they get put on the barrier of the way. You see, the thing about witnesses is this. Well, I thought you just said. <coughs> I thought you just said. I thought you just said nothing's going to touch me. I thought you said nothing's going to beat me. I thought you said I was protected as you are. Because a witness knows this too. That when you are protected by God, you are in direct opposition to the world. But when you obey God, He protects you. Because if the enemy has his way, the second you came to know Jesus, you would leave that church and you'd get hit by a bus. Yeah. And he would stop you from getting other people to Jesus. He would stop what's on the inside of you. He would stop your life from going out to that platform, that call that he has given you to. He's like, I can't let him have any more dominion. Jesus got in his heart, and I can't have them out there rescuing other people. I can't have them out there preaching truth and making other people come alive. I can't have 
have that, and if he had his way with you, you would be dead. But God says, These are my people. These are my sons. These are my daughters. They are protected that you will not get through me. So while uh, being beaten doesn't sound like the best thing, witnesses know this. That's an honor to be embarrassed yeah. for the kingdom of God. Why? Because if we met Jesus, he's already stripped of us our pride. Yeah. If we met Jesus, our pride should have already died. If we met Jesus, all of our oath, all of our deserve, all of our ego, all of Matt deserves this, and Matt wants this, and Matt should get this, and should treat me like this, but all all of that should have <laughs> been currently underneath the blood of Jesus. Because witness is done. You can beat me, but you can't kill me. I might be beaten, but I am not defeated. <clears throat> And witness knows, devil, do your worst. I am protected by a higher authority. I might get bloody, but I cannot be killed. Not by you, devil. I appreciate anybody tonight. Yeah. So the next part, where you think you can make your way up here? This next part's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Because it's at this point that they go. And the Bible says, they're bloody, they're beaten. They've been embarrassed. And then you try to shame them. Accusers try to come against them. Try to stop what the Lord was doing in their life. And they left that place. They quit the ministry. They retired. They went back to being fishermen. Ah, uh, no. It's not what it says at all. Instead, what it says is every day it starts off. They got beaten, bruised, bloody, and sent away. Period. First word. Every day. Proceeding this. Every day. These boys who have been jailed, who have been threatened with murder, who have had everything, highest rulers of authority, come against them for their beliefs and threaten them with death. Every day. It says that they were found in the temple. Not just in the temple, it goes on and says, and they went from home to home. And they kept teaching. They, because they had a rough spot in life, worship team, you need to know this. Because they had a rough spot in life, they didn't give up forsaking the fellowship, meeting in the church. Yeah. Because they had something weighing on them, something plaguing them, beaten, bloody, bruised. They didn't stop believing. They didn't stop praying. They didn't stop worshiping. They didn't stop calling their friends, sending messages, getting the help alongside them, simply because they were threatened by the enemy. Think they liked waking up every day and beating up? Think they enjoy actual physical persecution? But they knew. They had the resolve on the inside of them. That we are witnesses. And it's an honor to do this. Yeah. And so if it means I get put in jail every single day of my life, I'm going to be in that temple. If it means I'm going to struggle with depression and 
the enemy is going to try and come at me, I'm going to put my foot down. And when I feel that darkness come over me and those breaths go out of my lung and I feel like it's all closing in, I'm going to be found in my community. When I'm struggling with my thoughts. When I'm struggling with when, where the world is today is how Jesus has called me to live. I would keep believing that he's going to heal me. I'm going to keep surrendering these thoughts. I'm going to keep surrendering to his will. I'm going to keep taking up my cross daily. And I'm going to march forward. Because I've seen him do too much. If he can do it for Jesus, he can do it with me. Greater works will I do. I want greater works. So depression, you can't have me. Enemy, you can't have my marriage. You can't have my finances. You can't have my church. You can't have my city. You can't have my neighborhood full of gunshots at night. You can't have this place. I'm a witness. Tamp with me all you want. Your case still runs up. Defeated. My God will crush your head under his feet. Would you guys stand up and my breath? Sick and tired of mental illness plaguing my 
generation plaguing my church. I'm sick and tired of having a church full of people who struggle straight in their mind. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit kept saying to me, man, if we can see broken legs restored, if we can see a black spot in Dave's heart and Ed right disappear by the next day, if we can see Adrian's arm healed immediately after a dog's attack, if we can see these things, then why can't we see minds restored, yeah. redeemed, made better than ever was? You weren't given a broken mind any more than you were given a broken leg. There's nothing there meant to tame you or to hold you down, but only to tell you that God loves you and to reaffirm that he's going to heal you. That's right. And so one of the things the Holy Spirit said to me was, let's pray. So what I want to do is this. I need, this is not a want, this is not a suggestion. Right now, under the authority Jesus Christ has given me as a pastor of this house, which I know in America 2019 doesn't mean a whole lot to a lot of people, but it does the kingdom of God. I need every head bowed and every eye closed, and no one is looking around. If you're in here tonight, you would say, you struggle with mental illness. Depression, anxiety, fear, suicidal thoughts, whatever it is. I would like you to leave your seat and come up here so that I can pray over you. So that we can believe God for a miracle right now. Well, hey. 
aka your, your depression flees right now in the name of Jesus because your faith has made you well. Some of you right now, your mental illness will, will clear up when you begin to believe that Jesus is the living water. He is the living water for your soul, the living water for your mind. So right now we give you that living water and we say, Holy Spirit, right now, for those who just need a fresh taste, a fresh anointing, a fresh release, God, a fresh redemption in their mind, Jesus. We call chemicals into alignment under the name of Jesus. We say, mind, call me the alignment of the Holy Spirit right now. We bring the blood of Jesus over the situation right now. And right now, because of what you did on the cross, by your stripes, we are healed both physically and mentally and spiritually. By your stripes, Jesus, not by my loudness, not by my tone, not by that, not by any of these people here, but because of what you did on the cross of Jesus with salvation comes our healing. It is by that power right now, Jesus, that we speak underneath the name of Jesus. And we begin to fill these brains with the teachings of Jesus. From this day forward, they're going to be in Scripture. They're going to read what it says about them and who they are and who they can be. And when the devil tries to come and remind them, oh, you were depressed for so long. Do you even know what life is like? But he starts whispering those things. Oh, you're having a bad day. Like you realize maybe it's your depression. Maybe it's your anxiety. Maybe that's something you should be worried about. We're going to stay. We're going to have the Word of God come. And they're going to get their Bibles. They're going to know I need to be renewed by the. I need to be transformed by the renewal of my mind. I'm going to get the Word of God, and I'm going to realize that He says, "I'm the head, not the tail. I am not a doormat for be trampled on. I am a son, and I am a daughter. He falls on me. He clothes me in His robe. He gives me His ring, which is His namesake, and He throws me a party. He is not disappointed. He is rejoicing in who I am. I am not a failure." I may have failed in my life, but failure is not fatal when it comes to the family of Christ. So right now, we wash away the failures. Any lie the devil can try to sneak in there, we say life and death are the power of the tongues. Yeah. And we are going to speak it, and we are going to believe it. We're going to repeat the promise of God over our lives. Yes, Lord. And for some of us, our mind right now, we just need to hear, come away. Come away. Jesus didn't tell Jarius, his daughter, to he didn't tell her to get up. He said, come awake. He said, wake up. She's only asleep. So the areas of the mind that need to be healed right now, he said, wake up. 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 Let's move forward, God. We just thank you that we are going to see a miracle. That we are going to see minds restored. That we are going to see hope delivered. That we are going to see people who are going to shoot their shot at this life and live it to the soul because that's what you came for. The devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. And depression is doing it. Suicide is doing it. It's robbing a generation. It's robbing the call of God in life. It's robbing the kingdom of heaven. But we will not allow a thief to be in our midst. So for this house and these people, we're going to obey God, not our minds. We're going to obey God, not our feelings. We're going to obey God. And we're going to believe for healing. We're going to receive our healing. In Jesus' mighty name of faith, the church says. Amen. 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 If you 
mind or organ. Father God, I just thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for every single person in this house. I thank you for the miracle and gifts that we're receiving right now. I thank you for the word. I thank you, God, that you didn't, you didn't have us come up with something catchy or flashy there at the end. that you took us back to our word that we have already witnessed. Your situations that you have already done. The stepping stones, the building blocks of our faith. The things you can say that we can build our lives on the promise of God. You said, go your faith well, you said, wake up. You said, clear the works what we do. You said, our healing is ours because you were broken and beaten for yours and purchased it. Thank you for reminding us to go back to the Word. Just thank you for the gifts that we've received, the bodies that are whole and complete, lacking nothing. Your mind is bold, it's built up, it's complete, and it's lacking nothing in the name of Jesus. Yeah. God, I just thank you as the worship team begins to lead us in this. Last free song right now, God. That it would be the most clear worship that some of us have ever had. It'd be the most anointed worship that some of us have ever had. It'd be the most bold and daring worship that some of us have ever had. Asking you for greater things.